very important that we know our worth. And what's been happening over the years, they trick us and they make us believe that we're not worth what we are. That's why I've always leveraged me or leveraged us. Like, it's like, yo, I'm not going to just let you take my celebrity and have your product sell from it. I'm going to take my celebrity or our celebrity and make a product and sell it. I need people and us to know we can do it on our own. We're better than them. And when they come with the bullshit, laugh at them. It's not like they won't work with you fair, but you got to make them. Welcome to The Red Pill. I am Van Lathan. Today's episode is Damon Dash. Damon Dash is hes a kind of a Red Pill Hall of Famer, a Red Pill pioneer, if you will. He knows all about our slogan, which is the brutal truth of reality. That's how Damon lived his entire career, and he is serving it up in this sit-down. He talks all about his new movie, Honor Up, executive produced by Kanye West, and about his book, Culture Vultures. What is a culture vulture? Who is trying to vulture our culture? Maybe yours. Who knows who you are? Never know who's listening to the podcast. And also, Dame answered some other questions. One being, can Jay-Z fight? He's going to tell us about an underground boxing ring that they had back in the day. This is rappers fighting each other. Some were good and some were fucking terrible. Pop your pills and get ready for this talk. White people in the room, clap for Dame Dash, man. All right. I clap for Dame Dash, man. This is a mogul we talking to right here on the Red Pill Podcast. Dash, what's up with you today, bro? I'm good. A little tired, but I'm good. A little tired? What got you tired? We just literally got off a plane from being in the studio um, with Cam and A-Track doing this uh, Federal Reserve project in, mm. in Vegas. But we've been working for the last three or four days, and Cam works at night. So we work at night, and then we have to get up in, in the daytime at 8.30 and start working because we got to promote the movie. Now... We don't get into a lot of stuff because you got a lot of content right now. You're kind of flooding the block a little bit. But interesting, the last time I talked to you, you had said that maybe you were moving on from music. Uh, What's got you back in the studio? I mean, I have moved on to, from music as it relates to, like, doing it to monetize it as a job. Right. You know, I do it when I'm inspired. So, like, you know, Cam is my brother. And we were just talking about it yesterday. It's been, like, thirty dec three decades, like 30 years of from before the music, having fun, to during the music, having fun to, you know, to now, and different chapters, the movies and the, everything. So, like, if he wants to work and he's inspired, and, and you know, I know A-Track, you know, for, for a long time, he has Fool's Goal. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm actually the one that put him with Kanye back in London, you know, when he like, years ago. And he has that festival thing, and we, we just, we work and we're inspired. You know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, I, I, we started the project, like, three years ago. Oh, you know what shit. I mean? So then, what are we talking about when they're they're putting out an album together? Tell what, what is all, the project? It's, it's it's you know I curate I curate I put you know what happened was A Track called me to get with Cam for a, a record, and I was like nah let's do an album. You right. know what I'm saying? And like you know Cam really didn't know who A Track was. Right. So you know Cam usually just does what I ask him to do blindly because if I am inspired to do something it's usually big pause. You know what I'm saying? It's not <laughs> I ain't gonna just get I'm not gonna move for nothing. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And I don't get inspired for nothing. So, you know, he showed up, but we did the dipset, two dipshits that we did the video, it was bumping in, in, you know, Hot 97 and every other station in, in New York. And um, we just were doing other stuff. Like, I, I started to get, you know, I, I move when I'm inspired. Yeah. And, and Cam started to do his thing, and, you know, A Track's busy. It's like, for all three of us, it's something that we're doing just for the love. Right. So, when I do music, it's not for money. Like, it's not like there's a deal. We just, you know, we all got our own bread, so we can do things as we want, how we feel, when we want. Mm -hmm. So we just decided, yo, I, I was doing a screening of Honor Up in Vegas, and I was supposed to be shooting a new movie in Vegas, but I'm not ready, you know, I'm still prepping. But I was like, while I'm out there, and Cam was going to act in it. So I was like, will you come out here, do the movie, do the screening, and then we could just knock the project out. So we did the screening. Um, he missed that, though. But <laughs> we, got the, we, knocked, we knocked the project. Word, word. Yeah. So besides that, it seems like you got content coming out of your ears. This is a big week for you. Yeah. You got Culture Vultures. The book, yeah. You got the book. Yeah. You got Honor Up. Yeah. Honor Up uh, premiering this week. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. What, what's what's the response been like to Honor Up, and what was the experience like making the movie, man? The response has been overwhelming. You yeah. know, you know. initially, you know, I played it for Kanye, and you saw he decided to showcase it through screeners and design, Yeah. you know, merch for that it. That was a big, big, big look right there. Yeah. That was a major, major moment to see you and him yeah. sort of back together, yeah. full circle where things came from, man. I think, you know, when your work is good, people are going to talk about it, you know. Yeah. And because it's independent, 
even though my approach isn't a hundred million dollars in PNA, which is printing advertisement for three thousand theaters, and you know, you know, all you know, it's it's my it's my pocket. You know, I got with Lionsgate, and it's not exactly what I thought when it comes to when it's distribution. It's different. It's like I still also got to put up the marketing as well. So you have to be smart about the way you do things, and the only thing, only real way to do things independent is to be good. Right. If the work is good, you really don't have to pay to get it promoted. Yeah. Like you can't really pay for cool. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that shit is priceless. So if you got the cool and your shit is good, they coming to you, and that's my approach. And if you have people like Kanye, who's almost like Michael this day, Michael Jackson, that could bring attention to Without it and doubt, present yeah. it in a way, you don't need their money. You know what I'm saying? So I've been able to leverage things where I could do things on my own, but still appear and have just as much reach hmm. as the big boys because my work is good. Hmm. You know? When you say they, by the way, I've seen Honor Up. Just, I'm gonna give my little mini review right now. The movie is shot beautifully. The Thank story you. is very, very entertaining. And I'm gonna tell everybody, I've been saying this since I've seen the movie, since I saw it. I think the breakout performer in this movie is Mook. Yeah, Mook is that. Murder Mook is a good actor, bro. He is. Like, he really, t like, it wasn't, I'm not even going to say it was surprising because I don't want to play my man like that. I'm just saying, had charisma on screen, was holding it down, like, was funny, and then I don't want to give too much away, but there's something that happens in the movie, like a little twist, and he yeah. sold it, and that one scene is is dope. I, I, I enjoyed it. Now, let me ask you something. You said you don't have to get their money. Yeah. You don't have to get their money. Right. When you're saying that, who is the they? Corporation. Hmm. Corporate. It's not a person, so you can't save the person. Right. And no one really owns it. It's like an endless pit of bread. Why is corporate such a dirty word to Dane Dash? Because the rules they play by. Hmm. And corporate, it's usually people who, it's not their money, and they're using other people, a collective of other people's money, but doing what's in their best interest as opposed to the business. So it becomes unfair. And then also, when I say they, like, you know, in this town, it ain't our town. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to the corporate part of it, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not built for us. It's built for another culture because another culture built it. And I have no problem with that. It's just time for us to build our own. So what I'm noticing is I don't have to do what they do. You know what I'm saying? I make a movie. Like Black Panther's coming out same day as mine. That's a black movie made by a black director but not paid for by anybody black. What does that mean to you? It means that my movie is a black movie made by black people, myself. I paid for it, I directed it, and it's about us. So. Mm. I can control the image of us. I can tell you what it's really like in an authentic way as opposed to what's going to sell. So regardless to what, even though it's called Black Panther and it's a black director, he still got to do what they're telling him to do. It still has to fit their agenda. So to you, does that make the movie in some sort of way less black than what it is that you're doing? It means the making and the people that have been in from it are completely less black. <laughs> There's no black. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. and that's just, it's no hating on the movie. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying I'm hating on the situation and not even hating it. I'm actually loving it because I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I want to mm -hmm. do it my way, what's in my family's best interest. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be creative. You know what I'm saying? So when you take money from somebody, it's not your vision anymore. They tell you what to do. If I give you some money, I'm going to tell you how I want it back, yeah. period. And I've worked with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I, and I, and you know, I've worked with them. I'll never really say I work for them. I've worked with them, mm -hmm. and when they putting up the money, it's it's, it's no bueno. Right. You know, I I just don't like being told what to do with, about something that's my passion and my vision. Like for paid in full, I couldn't hire who I wanted to hire. I had to negotiate yeah, I've heard to get you say Cam that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to put my OG in it, Cam, everybody I want, when I want, how I want. I did this, everything me, and and that's priceless. So. A movie like Black Panther that's really being celebrated, right? I'm, and I'm happy about that. I love it. I, I get it. Not specifically that film, just as an example of what we're talking about. Do you feel like films like that that are come from black creative minds but that are uh, funded by big companies like Disney or Fox or Universal or any way less significant than things that emanate directly from the culture with ownership like what you have? There's a different kind of significance. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be prejudiced against the art. Word. Like everybody actually, culture, black, white, whatever, someone else is usually paying for it. You can't not, but if the, you know, you, if a director has a platform, like I would work with it. If I get $120 million to play and showcase, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but the bottom line is I'm going to do the same thing. Probably the same day I got the movie I'm doing for them, I'm going to have a movie that I did for me. Yeah, yeah. So I could just promote them both. I could use that $120, you know, whatever million in PNA to promote my shit too. Right. So, you know, there's a strategic way to work with them, but the significance value is different. So, yeah, you could say the lens was good, the acting was good, the, all that's great, but that's an art. 
the making of it, but putting out a movie is an art as well. Right. And the art of, because we did this completely ourselves. Like, we had to put up our own bread. We had to figure out how to get it edited. I underestimated post. You know, you know when you hand it in and do some kind of a distribution deal with a Lionsgate, you have like 60 or 70 pages of deliverables. Yeah. It's not easy to put something out. Now, almost it's, every it, time it, I would hit you up, you would be working your ass off. It, on it was crazy. Yeah. Like, I didn't know it was, honestly, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Pause. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, in the meantime, Pause, <laughs> in the meantime, <laughs> You know, you know. Niggas be like, they'll, they'll, they'll freeze frame it, rewind yeah, it, yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah. it. Right. And certain friends of mine will be real funny about it. You know right. I, mean? so I got you. You've never been, you know, yeah. Cam is ruthless. We, I got you. Know, you. Call yeah. them, they don't care. They pause. <laughs> you're going to get laughed at no matter what. But anyway, you know, it took a lot. And in between that, I shot another movie. Mm -hmm. So now, also, I'm like, yo, not only am I give you one movie, it's going to be two. And I'm starting another one. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hit you at a rate you've never seen before. Like, it's not going to be a movie company that can mess with me because they can't make the work like I can. I know how to do it. I got the camera. I know how much the potato chips cost. Mm. I know everything because I, I learned it. When it's your money, you look at everything. So when you're shooting, time is your enemy. You only got 12 hours to shoot, maybe three more in, in overtime. So yeah. every second got to be accounted for. I don't have time for you to be sitting around eating no potato chips or, or breaking down some lights and be taking 30, you know, uh, an hour to break them down and then, you know, a lunch break for an hour and then an hour to put this shit that's three hours out my day Word. you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, you you really get anal about every little thing you know yeah. because you want your bread back but when it's somebody else's money it's all right right it don't matter if you get an overage yeah, yeah but shit that matters to me so you know when you have that kind of investment in it like anything else you're gonna make sure you get your bread so even though i was tired and i didn't want to do it I had to do it because yeah. I had bet the house money. You understand? And, and and Rocky was like, yo, she believed in me. Like, yo, don't fuck the house, fuck the marriage. Go believe in yourself for once. Stop using excuses not to invest in your own art. And I was like, all right, let's go. Right. That's I, all I needed was the green light. I feel like a lot of people in terms of, and I don't want to just sort of limit this to black Americans or anything like that, but, you know, that's what we are, so that's what we're talking about. I feel like ownership is the next step in the evolution of us uh, culturally, you know what I mean? There have been different... In a general, in for, a, for that to be the regular mentality, because it was always my mentality. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, Day one. it's been your mentality, but it hasn't always been championed by a lot of other people. Oh, I feel it was like. never. I, I was looked at as, like, crazy. Like, you want to own it? You don't want to work for them? Why are you yelling at them? Right. Like, they robbing us. Like, they, you know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. It was but like, did you ever see the... Because I remember the infamous Breakfast Club interview, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember the Breakfast Club interview, and I watched it, and I will watch it because me and Charlamagne would talk, and I would watch an interview all the time. I would watch an interview all the time. I would. I would watch it all the time. The reason why I would watch it all the time is because whenever I felt complacent in what it was I was doing, I would watch the interview and say, yo, if you ever really want to take a chance on yourself, this is kind of the mentality that you have to have. But at the same time, I did have a job, and I was working, and I was sort of paying in, and I still am paying into somebody else's dream while I figure out how I'm going to construct what it is that I'm going to, how, how it is I'm going to leave my mark in this world. Do Does that even, does that mentality even focus into you? Do you get that? 100. Right. But that was the mentality I needed people to have. Right. So I wanted to make it so whack to have a job that you were like, I'm going to do anything not to, even while yeah, I yeah. have one. I wanted yeah. you to be like, I got a, I smell like I got a job. Like I wanted it to be like that. You right. know what I'm saying? Just only because it doesn't make sense to buy Jordans and belt buckles and your kids ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I, I just was trying to change the mentality and it worked. No, my, listen. It worked. Like, you know, you can't, like sometimes, to, you know, people sometimes try to tell a teacher how to teach something they don't even know. And they get mad at how you teach them. It's like, how are you going to tell me how to tell you something you don't know? You, I, you don't, you're not listening. I told you already 10 different ways and you haven't listened. So usually my last resort is to be aggressive. animated and aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, usually yeah. gets things done. Right. And it did. Yeah. I mean, listen. It is what it is. You know, if we get to the chip. It, anyway, even if it, is, it sacrifices people liking me, mm -hmm. <laughs> as long as it works. Yeah. And as long as we get to the chip, B. You ain't gotta like me now. You love me later. Pause. Let's talk. Let's talk about culture vultures real quick. I read the book. Yeah. Um, what inspired you to write it, and what is a culture vulture to you? Well, what happened was, you know, uh, Kenyatta was coming to my house and cutting my hair, and he's talkative, you know. Yeah. But I respect him. He's an entrepreneur, and what he talks about is it was never no bullshit. It was always about empowerment. He had gone through a lot, and you know, I'd be like, Yo, why don't you just write a book? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he, because he's the guy. That if I have to do a project where I need different people, like I got to get with Rizzo or Raekwon or somebody, 
because everyone that at that point in L.A. that was, you know, went, went from New York or the East that was coming would get haircuts, but he knew everybody. Yeah. But everyone respects him because he's a good dude. Right. So it was like, all right, so he wrote a book, and then he started to um, interview me for the book, and I was like, yo, just, you know, you might as well just bottle that up and put it out. Give it away. You know what I'm saying? People, they need the, they need the info, you know? Yeah. And um, after that, we just decided let's just, you know, take the conversations that we've had over the years. Because Kenyatta's been there from the day Rockefeller was over. Because, you know, the barber's there. So Word. He, he yeah. was there when he, he was there for the conversation. Like, I was like, it was over. And, you know, Big was like, it's over. And he was like, what? And like, we done, man. He was there for that. You know, yeah. and then he was there for like everyone trying to bomb on me and call me all kind of names. But you got to remember, he come into my house to give me a haircut. Right. So he like, how do he keep saying you broke? He's seeing what your real situation. <laughs> he is. like, why? Did, but it's like, and then also my plan. Uh -huh. So I'm like, yo, let him think that like, every single thing I said, everything like for the last ten years has been conversation documented. Like I wanted people to see it while I was doing it. If I'm struggling, I will show you. Like, yo, I'm going through it sometimes. Uh -huh. You know, the money's out there, but I'm gonna do what I gotta do. But it still looks like this. Yeah. And then also I was like also proving, you know, once the Internet and, and, and this thing about if your work is good, they're coming to you. I was like, I don't really have to be outside every day. I don't need to be jumping around on every red carpet and jumping on stage and being every event. Like, I kind of want to be with my girl and my, my kids. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if your work is good, I could do that. And I wanted to prove that as well. So we did that. And we, we just decided to just take those conversations and turn it into a book. You know, and it's just a couple of years. Like, I guess we wrote it about three years ago, to be honest. That it, It's like mm. after Honor Up. So really, part two of Culture Vultures is going to be like, did any of that shit work? So now what we're living now right. is part two of Culture Vultures. I see. But but also it's about, and, and to answer your question, that's why it happened. Right. But to answer your question about the Culture Vulture thing, it's like a Culture Vulture is someone that makes money off someone's culture but isn't of the culture, right. doesn't live the culture. He exploits the culture. He doesn't give a fuck about the culture. He doesn't care about the culture that he's exploiting, the kids, none of that. He has no respect for it at all. He, he's unapologetic, he's brazen, and he's consistent. And I just wanted to, to, to in my conversations, everyone that has been from another culture that has robbed me on any level, whether they're even from the same culture. So I'm asking because you have Steve Stout in the book, yeah. not to mention. You know. No, no, no. I, I always believed he was a culture vulture because he didn't care about his the artists that he worked with, Brandt. So, like, I was always against when he did the, the Reebok deal for Jay. I was like, you can't put your full name on a, a $19 sneaker. That's, your, that's his name. You understand? But he yeah. did it so he could get the commission or, or, or things like that or, or put Mary J. Blige with Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, you know, it's like, you know that's Word, not good that for was a brand. Stout? Yeah. So, you know, and he makes every, whether it hurts their brand or not, he's still going to benefit from it. So he, of the moment, and then my, in, in my years with him, like he would do foul things. Like he was the guy that, um, that, uh, like we were supposed to, Rockefeller was supposed to be an Interscope. He came and insulted that deal. And then we was at Sony, he came and insulted that deal. He was always playing Iveen against, um, um, Johnny, I no, what's a Tommy Matola? Like yeah, it, was, yeah. it was always bullshit. Like he tried to snatch. I told him I was doing the Clue deal. He tried to go behind my back and give Clue a deal. I had to run up in the office and be like, that ain't ha you know that happened. Like yeah. you know, so he did a lot of foul things to me. And then when 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 like you remember he was Nas's manager. Yeah. So he went from Nas's manager to Jay's best friend to being down with Jay. And then, all it was was because when Nas was rolling, he was there, and when we was rolling, he just was and didn't you know I just didn't like that stuff. And you feel like that was. Something that someone of the culture wouldn't have done. Well, what, well also what he did with me was when things were going on, like, you know, I'd be reading stuff in the paper and I'd be like, like, I'd call L.A. Reid and be like, yo, what's all that shit in the paper? He, well, Steve Stout <laughs> called us and said this and he went to, like, I'd be like, God damn, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, yeah, then, yeah. And, and then there was a time and what happened was I, w I was so aggravated with the fact that he just had no loyalty to anything but the dollar and that he was trying to bring that into my environment that, you know, I we got into a physical, you know, I, I put my hands on him before, yeah. you know, and I don't advocate that, but he had disrespected something that came from like honor up. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like he yeah. ass bet me, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he right. bet me some money and he was like, I'm not paying you. And it was like, I had to, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I could do. So that happened. So he's always- what, Around what time was, was that? Is that early in your relationship with him, late in your relationship with him? Well, with Steve? Steve Stott like now, that. No, I first, I used to like Steve. Like, he's a funny guy to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why people hang out when he's personable. But, like, me, I have morals and principles. So once I see somebody doing disrespectful stuff to other people, I, I tend to get away from them. But, like, he was the one that gave, told Jay, like, yo, you don't have to pay Biggs and Dame. And that's why Jay made that business move. Like, because they would be like, we'll do the deal without Dame Biggs. And Jay chose to do that. But he was the one that was like, you don't have to do it. I'll be the Dame. I don't want to be in the front. And that's what happened, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there, there's that as well. But 
I just think, think culturally he doesn't do what's in the best interest of the culture. I always think he does what's in the best interest of the dollar. But, you know, I don't like to spend too much time talking about people. I feel you. No, it's I, in I, the book. Like, it, the book it, isn't really no, no, a bomb no. on people. It's right. just to show people my perspective on, like, if there's a child molester in the community, like, Lior to me was like a child molester, like, a culture molester. Like, mm -hmm. he just take it, wear it out. He didn't care. Like, he's the one that gave Jay the option. Like, yo, you don't have to do the deal. You could just do it right. And we ain't even got to deal with Dame no more. We'll give you more money. Right. Not that, you know, they, if the option wasn't presented, homie wouldn't have did that. You right. feel me? Now, yeah. he's an artist. He's, I don't, I'm cool with that. I, I, I'm not even, like, tripping. I'm, I almost expect it. But it's them I have problems with. They even tried to make us have a problem with each other. Like, they presented it that way. They did it. I never had a problem with him. They right. made it like that. Right. So when people that worked with me look like they have a problem, I sit them in a the room and say, work this out. And then publicly, it's like culturally, we can't be looking like this. They promoted it, right? You, they, they, you know. So my beef was like, yo, stop making it like I got a beef with a rapper. I got a beef with whoever thinks he's a CEO. Can put a CEO against a CEO. It, it's very important that we know our worth. And what's been happening over the years, they trick us and they make us believe that we're not worth what we are. And I'd be looking at it like. Do, are you, that's why I've always leveraged me or leveraged us. Like It's like, yo, I'm not going to just let you take my celebrity and have your product sell from it. I'm going to take my celebrity or our celebrity and make a product and sell it. Mm -hmm. I saw that game. So it's just about perspective. So that's why it's, I'm trying to change perspective. Like I need people and us to know we could do it on our own. We're better than them. And when they come with the bullshit, laugh at them. It's not like they won't work with you fair, but you got to make them. So if they know you smart, they stay like bullies. Right. A bully, you know, they're not going to swing on somebody that's going to swing back. They're going to be your friend after that. Yeah. So sometimes you got to regulate. But, you know, maybe that aggressive shit comes from my survival on the street, which is why I made Honor Up. Yeah. So, and if you notice, I put out Honor Up the same week I'm putting out the book. Yeah, so I'm saying it's a, it, it seems to be a sort of a symbiotic relationship between yeah. the two projects. It's so you understand. Like, you know, Honor Up is about life before Rockefeller. Right. It's a real story. You understand what I'm saying? Like, the characters are real. Like, Cam was younger than me, and I'd be on the block, and we'd be kicking it and shit. And because of I had the juice with the older dudes, I was kind of powerful with the younger cats. And, you know, it was like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's still like that. Cam and I still making movies. And now I'm making movies with my real OG. Right. And that's where honor gets you, longevity. Like, most guys have a three-year run, a four-year run. If that, yeah. We got a 30-year run. Only reason why is because we always have been honorable with each other. Never ever will we do something that's against that moral code, that fabric that we came up from when we had to survive in a real extreme circumstances, which is very authentic. Mm. And we've applied all of that, and look what we get. Like, like yesterday, I was talking to my OG, to Daniel. He was mad because the um, stuff that had happened with the um, with the um, the screening, because the, the sound was off or something, and you know he was tight. And I'm like, yo, could you imagine ten years ago if you would have said the thing you got the most to be mad about ah, is the fact that your screening sound didn't work of a movie you're starring in that's coming out like you can't be mad right you know and and our problems now are different why why do you think that for like because there, there are a couple of things i want to get at number one your your message is so clean cut it's so 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 evident why do you think it a lot of people would ask because I, I read the book and i know other people have read the book and it's a incredibly enlightening book you actually touch on some things in the book that i personally didn't think you would have gone into you know what i'm saying it's a lot of it's very very it's a good read everybody go get culture vultures is good read and also it's an audio it's an audio listen to yeah, it yeah, for yeah, those yeah. that don't like to read they can listen right and um, i'm speaking over some cool music my son made the music is that real hmm? you see i read it on the so I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know that you got the whole thing going why do you think it's important because you've, you've talked about the names of, of, of different people. Why do you think it's important to talk about actual individuals when you put these books out? So when they when come through, they're accountable. Since I've talked about Lior, he's changed the way he approaches us. Has he? How so? Ask him. Ask somebody that deals with him. I don't deal with him. But I've seen it and heard it. He, he has to, now he has to come through knowing that. See, before you sat at the table, you weren't like, oh, shit, is he a culture vulture or is he not? Before he was Leo, a big boy. Now he's culture vulture or maybe, and he has to address it. He can't just, he used to talk with disrespect toward our culture. He was too fucking arrogant. I wanted him to fucking be, have some humility with my culture. Right. Talk to us with some respect. Don't just talk to us like you're doing us a favor. So now he has to act like we're doing him a favor. He's not going to just rob us, and if he does, he's going to do it politely. It's, you know, if you're going to let him, he's going to do it different. <laughs> right. You understand what I'm saying? So when you label somebody, now they're aware of you. Now he can't rob you. If I tell you he's going to rob you and you let him, then it's your fault. Right. It's my responsibility to do that. 
Why if do you they, feel like that? Because Dan? that that's what we're supposed to do culturally. Look out for each other. We're supposed to learn from each other's mistakes. If I see somebody that's doing wrong, I'm a, but I've been doing that. Even like with Harvey Weinstein, with with Charlie Watt, the guys that are in my book years ago, yeah, for some reason, they all coming out now and I didn't have to do nothing to them. Right. And the crazy part about it is it, it goes back to what I always say to everybody. Women are the most powerful. I have called out these guys for years. Nobody listened. When a woman says it, you're going to listen because they're powerful. And they took the power. They're the ones that took those guys down. Right. They're the most powerful. That's Women a, are the most powerful. Trust me when I tell you. That's a part of sort of your whole philosophy that I don't feel like a lot of people are talking and, and about. And that's another thing that I was, the women thing, I, I, I was talking about that years ago. Yeah, no, you were. Now it's in style now. You I, I no, was no, no, saying no, that. No, I felt guilt a long the, time ago. Even in the Breakfast Club interview, you were saying invest in women, have some good women, empower women. Just why do you feel like that's so important? Obviously, we see now. It's the truth. Yeah, I get you. It's a lot. Like, By the way, I'm apologizing to my mama for asking that question. I was asking to get Dame's <laughs> opinion on it. I'm not saying that I don't think that women are empowered. I just want to know. I want Dame to break it down. It's just logical, man. You know, um, women have to take care of men when the men don't take care of the men. Mm. And they do it often. And it, 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 my generation was like, if you had your dad in your life, it was like a big thing. Like, they're married, your father's around. Like, I would see yeah. my father on weekends. That was the norm. Yeah. You know, and it, it made me not want to be that as a man, you know, but also when I watched what my mom did for me, you know, and then, you know, how happy I am around women. And then only people that have ever hurt me really have been men that I've tried to help. So, you know, again, scientifically, you break it down. We got testosterone. You know, we're trying to fight and, 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 and we always want to be Everybody number one. Wants to be one, number and, one. And you should be. That's a man. But yeah. then you got that man that because he got taken care of by his mommy, he's not really a man. He wants another mommy. So he wants everybody to take care of him. And that what was happening. It's like men are starting to, like, it was starting to be in style. Like, I was seeing the generation, like, yo, I got this girl, got money. She takes me out to eat. She pays for this. It's like, like that's what that should come that's up. Like, look. that's yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah. Like, that should, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, I don't even care if a woman has a, a pocket full as a gentleman, which I'm taught, and which I know as a man, you know, I want to make sure that I handle all of that just mm -hmm. as a gentleman. Now, if she want to pay and because, you know, she's on her empowerment thing, I'll be like, you could do that, and I'll let you if that makes you feel good because you're the woman. You're in control. Right. But I would prefer to, to give you... I'm, I prefer to pay, right? As a gentleman, I prefer to open the door. You right. know, I don't, I don't want my woman to do anything she don't want to do ever. I don't want another man telling my woman what to do, right? Meaning a boss. You know, I can't do that. How do we invest into women by investing into men? And what I mean by that is, a lot of what we're seeing in society in terms of um, the way women are being treated, it's because men don't have the right blueprint on how to approach a woman, how to Because their dad didn't teach them. So I'm saying, though, as, as a guy... Wrote a book about it. As, <laughs> right, I feel you. Make a movie. You know as, as, a, as a guy that feels like it's it's your duty to impart this, like, as black men, as men, period, in society, how do we instruct our brothers and other men on how it is that we nurture and empower women? Like, what, what has to happen? Accountability. So if you see another man treating a woman bad, you got to be like, I'm not. Like, there's men that I've heard beat their women, and I, I really don't mess with them. I don't even owe them a conversation about it. You understand what I'm saying? But yeah. there are men that will look at a man beat another woman and still work with him. And then as men, we have to teach. The reason why a man doesn't know how to talk to a woman, like, that's your dad's job to teach you. I taught my kids how to get girls. Right. I taught my daughters everything a man's going to say. Like, I'm a hater. Like, on that type. For my daughter, I tell them everything. You know what I mean? If she comes across a Dame Dash, get, get away from her. You know what I'm saying? Like, young Dame Dash. I know all the lines. I know why right. they said it. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason for them to get tricked. I know everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell them everything. And sometimes I think about, what if I really wasn't there to guide them? What would, who would have guided them? Who would have told them those little things? Mm -hmm. And a lot of young men don't have other men telling them nothing. Mm -hmm. So that was the reason why, you know, Kenyatta and I started to do the... Uh, the um, hip hop motivations, yeah. because if at least I could be, you could hear me. I'll be that male fifth. There's no dad, no uncle, no OG. I'm at least just tell you as I've experienced it. I'm not. See, it's funny when I see people throw seminars about making money, and they ain't got no money. You know what I'm saying? It's Work. like it's, I'm not really doing it to make money off it to monetize. I really I think the more rich people there are that that, that are good, you know, the more pr protection I'll have because they can always help me get in power. That's the concept of circular success. So. The same time I'm entertaining you, I'm always be trying to teach you, mm -hmm. you know, because that's all I know, really. Right. And it's always based on personal experience. You know, my last name is Dash. I've lived a lot. You know, I do a lot. I don't stop. So with my experience, I learn. And as I learn, I teach. And I think that's our responsibility. But what I do know is the teacher always gets persecuted by the people that want everyone to be dumb. 
And the people that want everyone to be dumb, they do it because they're personally making a lot of money off of people's foolishness. And that's what this whole world looks like to me sometimes. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be that guy that's going to educate you. That My jewel to everyone else is to give to, to like people learn it and they hide it because they don't want no one else to get it. Right. When I learn it, I, I, I'm the guy that passes the connect. I'm the guy that's told you every single thing. Like, like, like when I get with an artist, I, I teach him how to be self-sufficient. And that's the dumbest thing in the you world. You actually say that in the book that you feel like you taught Jay-Z and Kanye West how to be self-sufficient. You think it's a coincidence that Kanye and Jay-Z and Kevin Hart and Lee Daniels and Cameron and Rachel Roy and all these other people that you probably don't even know I had part, right? yeah. like a lot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like, like even, even down to Floyd Mayweather. Like, you know, we really used to hang out and talk. Because when you come around me, I'm all I'm going to do is talk because I'm a, it's my life is is really just learning and, and being better and evolving. And as I'm learning it, I'm teaching it because I'm talking about it. It's my topic of conversation. See, when somebody's topic of conversation is bubblegum shit, that means that they only doing bubblegum shit. Yeah. If you're doing a bunch of hot shit, that's all you got to talk about is the hot shit, right? When you have a good experience, you talk about it. Right. I just keep having good experiences, so I'm not talking about nothing but good experiences. Yeah. Nothing but what I just learned by experience. And if I see somebody along the way that's hurting me and other people, I'm going to say, watch out for that person. Watch out for that person. So watch out for Leo. Watch out for Charlie Walk. Watch out for Harvey Weinstein. Why do you feel like you get so much pushback on some of this stuff? Because I'm Dame Dash. What does that mean now? Because I'm not saying what everybody else is saying. I say what everyone else is not saying. I say what everyone else is scared of saying. I say it first. I say it unapologetically. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, why do you think Batman was looked at as a criminal? Why are superheroes always looked at as criminal? Batman was a criminal. What was he doing? It was against the law to dress up like a bat and beat people up at night, I'm pretty sure. He, he, I think he was doing it to people that were beating people up. It's very true. So if you watch, if you see somebody getting their ass whipped you're not, and, and it's like a man beating a woman, would you jump in? Yeah, I definitely would. So then you'd be Batman. Okay, well, that makes sense. Would you be a superhero or a villain? Would you be a criminal or a, Listen, a good guy? I'm just asking a question. Don't Dame Dash me right now. I'm Dame Dash. <laughs> what the fuck about, what, you want me to be somebody else? How <laughs> you going to tell Dame Dash not no, to Dame I'm Dash? Fuck <laughs> it, I'm fuck with it. Uh, well, uh, no, I got you. Can you answer that question though? No, no, seriously. No. <laughs> if I see some, some foul shit going down, I'm definitely jumping in. So you'd become Batman? Yeah. So you're a criminal in that respect or a superhero? I'm a superhero. Why did Jesus get hung up on the cross? He was a good guy. He was. It just happens, bro. It is what it is. The good guys get persecuted the most. Right. I learned that really young because I read the Bible right. and I saw that. I was like, damn, he's only telling the truth. They hanging this him up. This is why I so say that. Why, so that's probably why people are afraid to tell the truth I, because the truth tellers get hung on the cross. That's what I'm saying. Some but people you can't hang me on the cross. That's I'm what I'm saying. About it like that. Some people seem to be aware of the cross, be wary of it, and don't want it. You seem to say, "Fuck the cross." I don't have a Not choice. Not like that. You know I don't have a Mama. choice? You know because they I mean? they always messing with me. Right. So it'd be like, yo. Well, but God. why aren't you why aren't you afraid to be crucified? Afraid of why? I'm, I don't really care about what people think because I'm 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 in my own world. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't care. Like you say what you want to say. Like if I, the minute that I care what other people think, I lost. You're done. You cooked. Because people are always gonna have something to say about something they're afraid to do. Yeah. They're always gonna have to overcompensate. Like I know this already. You know what I'm saying? Like to be liked is to be hated. To be loved is to be hated. Because people are going to hate you because people love you. It's always going to happen. So the, I don't really the, see the pushback that you're telling me. I don't hear that. When I walk down the block, I get, thank you, Dame. Thank you, Dame. Pounds. I've never had somebody run up on me and say anything negative like, you did this corny nigga. None of that. It's never happened. It's always, it's always been that. Because they know all I want to do is help. Word. So you're going to be mad at me for helping? If you mad at me and give me pushback, then you need to look at yourself. You need to push back. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. look in the mirror and look at yourself serious and be like, damn, how can I be mad at someone that's trying to help? Yeah. Just because I don't like the way he say it. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's semantics, bro. Listen to what I'm saying. If you're dumb, you don't hear me. All you hear is my tone. Hear what I say. Right. My actions speak louder than my words. I don't talk a good game. I walk a good game. Everything I say, I do. Period. And that's why I wrote a book about it. I did it prime time. Even if I'm going to jump in the ring with a professional, I'm going to let y'all tape it. Yeah. Did I not? I saw that. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, what Dane exposure was, referring was there. To, exposure was there. Refer, what Dane was it. referring to is I'm do it. something that we got on TMZ Sports a little while ago, he actually got in the ring with Andre Berto. No, Andre Berto actually got in the ring with me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Yo, listen, if y'all think I'm bullshitting, it's on tape. go watch the clip. It's still up on the site. And Dame you know, is in there you know with what? the former welterweight champion of the world, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got some work in. You gassed out a little early in that I round. I was tired. You, you know? <laughs> 
As soon as I caught him, I was done. My purpose was to show you got, him. You got, I mean, listen. I caught him lovely, you and him, I was you done. Got, you got him. And That's then, my purpose. I did it. Right. <laughs> and then. <laughs> but, what, I don't need to be doing nothing else. With that. Once you caught, catch a heavyweight or a welterweight champion, you know, I'm good. Right. I just, I, I, but you know what's funny is you, he came to my crib, and, he, you know, we were talking. I was like, yo, I'm going to punch you in your face. Like, because, you know, we be talking like that and shit. Because yeah. I used to promote him. Yeah. And, you know, he did some bullshit and shit, him and his man. So I was like, all right, one day I'm going to get you. And he always be like, you better not. But, yo, you drop your left too low. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just hit you with an overhand right. Mm-hmm. And, and I told him that, and I did it. It's on tape. And I went to his gym and made him get in the ring. Like, yo, get in the ring, B. You talk to Let's go. And, he, and we did it. We mm-hmm. had to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't mind getting hit, B. I don't mind rumbling. That's the thing. Like, to fight, to be great, you got to fight. Right. If you think you're going to be great without getting hit, then you're never going to be great. So you have to be ready for punishment. Now, you're a boxer. You know what it is. Look, you got the knuckle and all that, Paul. You know what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know the gratification you get from getting beat up and standing. Right. You know how good you feel to get hit and hit somebody back. See, right. I'm a boxer. So when it's, it's, when, fighting when, is part of winning. When you've t- taken those shots and it's over and you're still standing there and you're not dead, you're like, I could do this again. Right. Like, you feel empowered. You feel like you, you've conquered something There's in no loss in a ring. Right. When you give 100. Even yeah. if you, if someone gets the best of you, as long as you gave 100, you're proud, right? Right, yeah. And that's the fighter I am. As long as I give 100, as long as I'm fearless, I don't mind getting knocked out because I'm going to get back up, but you better be ready. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I've been boxing since I was 16. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's always been my mentality, man. Like, it's a one-on-one. For me, it's a fair one. I don't need to use no gun. I'm going to just get you with my hands. We, we, we used to have the fight club. So it was me, Jay, um, Skane, Heavy D, Q-Tip. Q-Tip's nice. Q-tip will knock niggas out. Dame is breaking news about what? hip-hop thought, guys I that I thought everybody box. knew that. I didn't know. Yeah, but that was our shit. We used to go to Chelsea Piers, mm-hmm. and um, I used to box. Jay used to box. Heavy D used to box. Q-tip used to box. Um, who used to come through? But, you know, that was Skane. That was Clues Man. Skane used to box. Um, you got you know you got to rank these guys for me, best to worst, right? I, 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 I'll tell you who the, the best besides me. Like, Heavy could fight. Heavy could fight. You know, right, but he was in a different guy. weight class and all your rest in peace. But I used to box him, though. Right. You know, like I said, one time they put me in there with, you know what? I'm going to put, I'm going to see if I could get my, my boxing coach mm-hmm. that, that was, that had us. Yeah. That all of us. And he'll tell you, but the one that was, that was really nice was Q-Tip. He could fight. Q-Tip? Fight. Q-Tip is nice with his hands. He'll, he'll not, actually, he's not the one. Trust me. He could fight. He's a nice guy, but he could fight. Like he's, he's you know what? Out of all of those guys, I wouldn't have expected you he, to say Q-Tip. Q-Tip was the, out of them, I would say Q-Tip was the best. Like you'd be surprised. Mm. So at this time, did you and Jay ever box each other? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, see, but, but, I, but I always, I, y'all, y'all I would never. Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we were, we were, we were like, um, like me. I was almost like instructor status because I, oh, I had word. been fighting because my whole. You whole, had been fighting your whole. Yeah, life like I was, I was life. definitely the champ in the gym. Like I had knocked, I had knocked dudes out and shit. Like with both hands. Like I was knocking niggas out. Like, right. like they would. Because the thing is, you wouldn't think I could fight. So like my coach would try to bring people in from Brooklyn or something that was like tough, and I ended up stretching. Like I'd fight. Like, like you know, if you were, if you were, that's why I don't mind fighting pros because I came from a gym, 112, uh, Mickey Rosario, uh-huh. and we, I used to only fight pros. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was crazy, so he just used to put me in there with pros all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I never, I never was afraid to fight, but you know, Chelsea Piers, it, it wasn't like. You know, Fifty used to fight a little bit. They say. I'm sure he did. He looks like, looks like he had a rough life. Shit. <laughs> they made it funny. <laughs> he better have fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can believe it. But I think everyone has d- done the like boxing lesson, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying anyone. You know, I want to. I want to see if I could get him on the phone. But um, I, uh, everyone's done boxing for working out. But like, yeah. it's the diff- it's a culture. It's a lifestyle. Word without. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, I don't know. Hey, Mr. Dos Reese. Hey, what's going on, buddy? What's happening? Hey, um, I'm sitting here live on this podcast, and I was telling him about our old Fight Club. Who used to be in the Fight Club? Um, you, Jay. Q-tip, um, Heavy D, Skane, um, bunch of people. Okay, now let's. West Johnson. Yeah, uh, West. Yeah, um, West Johnson. Yeah, we used to fight too. He could fight. West Johnson, the actor? No, uh, the sportscaster. Oh, the sportscaster. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's take me out the equation. Who is the best out of all of them? Because we all we all know what I used to do. I said Q-tip and Heavy. Yeah, Q-tip and Gus. Yeah, see, was good too. Me, me, <laughs> yeah. he tried to put me in there with heavy without a headgear on. He's a heavyweight. Y'all wasn't wearing headgear when y'all no, was making. He wore one. I didn't. He caught me once. I was like, nah. Remember that? Why are y'all stepping in there with no headgear? He on? was being funny because I was the funny guy. He, this is my coach. He wanted me to get knocked out so bad because I could pop <laughs> shit. <laughs> right, and I used to knock motherfuckers out. Right. right. How many times? How many knockouts you seen me? How many times you seen me knock somebody out in that gym? 
I haven't heard anybody mention Jay. Could Jay fight? At, at first he couldn't. He was like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> at first he couldn't. I said, great. And I thought I was going to have, and you know, and I trained him a bunch of people. But after a while he got it together. <laughs> So he was that was the uh, Mr. Dos Reese. Man. Oh, that was live. Hey Mr. Dos, I'm gonna call you, I'm gonna call you right back. Alright. <laughs> now it's a lot of kids. A fair one. Right. It's always about a fair one. There's a lot of kids around here right now, because you there's a term that uh you you use in the book, corporate wealth. Um there's a lot of people out there that don't know what you mean by saying corporate wealth, because especially when you're coming from an underprivileged situation or a situation where you're not allowed around a lot of rich people, all money is good money to you. doesn't matter who's paying you. doesn't matter where it's coming from. The money that you've gotten has gotten you out of your situation. Why isn't all money? We talked about it a little bit earlier, but why isn't – tell break it down for people why all money isn't good money as far as Dane Dash is concerned. I mean, to me, like – for, for number one, money's not the win for me. You know, it's about really, it's not. It's, you know, it's about playing the game fair and how happy I'm going to be. So if you got a billion dollars and you're unhappy, are you wealthy? No. If you're sick and you have a billion dollars and you're about to die, you can't walk around, you got no toes, are you, are you wealthy? Mm. If your kids are unhappy, your wife's unhappy, you're unhappy, it don't matter how much money you got. You know, that's number one. So I'm not going to just do anything for money. But also, like, when it's for things that compromise your morals and principles, like, that dollar's not worth the karmic repercussion of it. So even though it might be quick money, because of the fact that you can't look at yourself, because of the fact you did something against your conscious moral principle, karmically speaking, the laws of nature is something bad's going to happen to you or at least something that's going to make you learn your lesson that's going to be uncontrollable. So it doesn't make sense to put yourself in that position to do something because it's like the person you can't escape is yourself. And you got to do right by your heart, your integrity, your soul, mm -hmm. what's good for what you know, you, you know better. And once you become conscious, you have responsibility. So if somebody gives me a dollar to do something that morally I like, you know, or from like, you know, it, I just know in, in the long run, it's not going to feel good. Have you ever? Have you ever no. done something that no. you felt like was morally? Not morally, not. Mm. Like I've done things in the moment. Like there's things that I realized might have been morally wrong. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But in that moment, I thought I was morally right. But as you get older and you evolve, there's definitely things that at this this age, you know, like you can't expect a 21 year old to act like a 47 year old. You yeah. know, it's experience in between. So of course I look at things and like the whole Rockefeller, I wouldn't have done. You know, I wouldn't advise kids to sell drugs. I wouldn't do that. Right. I wouldn't make records about that. I wouldn't empower other drug dealers. I would never do that. You know right. what I'm saying? Not right now. Only because I got children. Right. You know, I, you see, I, I felt bad years ago. I was like, damn, I got daughters. You told me that we we actually. Uh, we we talked about this on, a, on an interview before. You told me that even like the Hey Poppy video and some of the videos and stuff like that, you felt a little conflicted about the portrayal of women in those videos. Well, after, when I looked at it, yeah. like, you know, I remember my, um, Ava's mom, when she saw that, she cried. And I was like, damn. And then I was thinking like, damn, what, what if someone did that to my daughter? Like, even if she let him, I would really have, to, I'd have an issue with that person. So right. I almost was starting to feel like one of those guys' brothers, one of those girls' brothers or fathers <laughs> right. is going to be mad at me. I'm going to have problems. Right. You know, I don't, it might come from anywhere. Because I know if that was my daughter and somebody did that to me, I would feel completely disrespected and I would feel the need to go to jail that day. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I had kids, I was like... And we're, daughter, we're talking specifically about the champagne and yeah, some of the would, stuff like I would, that. I would, I, would, I, would, I would really be disappointed in my son if he did that. You know, I right. wouldn't want my son doing that. Even, even though you'd be disappointed in him, even though... I taught uh, him better. I know, but but but, but he, he but how how old is he now? Twenty six. He's twenty six. So even though he hasn't had the same life experiences that you've had in your life, meaning that he hasn't had the maturation process that you've had, the fact that 
you know, when you're 24, 25, 26, 21, like you said, you wild out a little bit, you'd still be disappointed on them even though he was young? I think if my if, if, a, if a male figure pulled me to the side and was like, yo. You, you didn't know, have that. They didn't do that with you. I didn't have that, So, but he did. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I wouldn't, that would be embarrassing to me. Hmm. I, w- I wouldn't want to see my child. Like, no. I would, because the thing about it is, and you know, I, my daughters, like they, they look at it like that. Like if I if I do something like the other day, you know, Rocky was uh, in the kitchen and in Tallulah, and I couldn't help it. I, you know, exposed her butt. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Rocky, and, uh, but that's love, but look, though. So, yeah, but, yeah. But, but Tallulah was like, my daughter's. You know, she's she's you know she's nine. She's yeah. like, would you like it if Alex did that to uh, Ava? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> at that point, every single thing I do, I think about if I want that to be happening with my daughters. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So. I moved. That, that's basically what got me out of hip hop. Really, you know what I'm saying? I, I just I needed to raise my daughters. See, right. That's what people understand. You don't like, feel like you could do that inside hip hop. I had no. I have a, what a bunch of men that are insecure and you know walking around with guns and all type of other problems and right. have my daughter around that. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't have my daughter come to the off. I changed my life for my daughters. You know right. what I mean? Like once Tallulah came and you know Tallulah was the first baby I ever had when I was married. Like I did it right. And you know I raised Ava. You know I got married to Rachel when when when, Tallulah, when Ava was you know like a baby so I was there for all of that you know what I mean but I just was like my life I can't do anything where I can't take care of my kids and then I I started to have my inspiration be the people around me that inspired me and that actually ultimately became Raquel so I started to do the festival stuff the live instrumentation the art galleries like people don't even talk about this is how I really know you're aware of the DD 172 days right why do you why would you think like I have the biggest gallery, bigger than any office in in in, in hip hop or even music, ten thousand square feet in, in Tribeca, a television network, a, 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 a you know a gallery on one floor, a, 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 you know a, a, a music factory, like studios all over the place, making real good music. I mean, in the, in the most aspirational, like how do you why do you think no one commercially ever talked about that? I, I think I know that's why. strategic though. But I, but there's another reason why. Why you think? Because like I'm opening galleries around the world, but no one's speaking on it in, I, in my culture. I'll tell you why. It's because, or at least then, maybe not now. For, and own Rachel Roy. Like for, for for us, when we looked at you guys, especially I'm gonna speak for me, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, when you guys were a part of my formative years, right? Mm-hmm. So when I, especially at that point, when I thought about what I wanted to be, when I thought about how I wanted to be, I thought Rockefeller. That was the problem. I know, I, I know, but think about it though. So when I'm, I'm, I'm imagining myself being around beautiful women, going to beautiful locales, doing all of these things. Come out, none of that stop. And I, I, I get it. Okay. <laughs> I get that none of that stop. But remember, I'm. But so, and I, and it, it looks, it's a lifestyle to me, or at least you know, then when you, when you were a kid, that was intoxicating and almost invigorating to imagine yourself to come from a meager beginnings and get to that. That's the reason why you don't talk about the art gallery? No, what I'm saying is the art gallery was something tangential to that. The art gallery wasn't a part of the way it was an evolution of Dame Dash, and it would have taken somebody with the mentality that looked at you as a CEO. But when Tommy, when, when, when Warhol did it, it was a big deal. Well, that's how he started. So if you're looking at Warhol, right, if you're looking at Warhol and that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. For me, right away, whatever you guys were doing, we were interested in it. But it took a little while. It took a while for for brothers from the hood to even be able to appreciate art. To be no, able, no, I made sure they appreciated art. Right. That was the, so, so this is what's happened. So let me, let me tell you what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw exactly what you're saying. The problem was that we were glorifying drug dealing and treating women bad, and that's what the kids wanted to be. Well, not even I never wanted to be a drug dealer, but I just wanted, you wanted to, to be, be us. That's what you wanted to be. I didn't want to be a drug How was you going to get the chains? How was you going to get the girls? How was you going to get the stuff? How was you going to do? I was going to go to grad school, and then that wasn't how you was going to get that. Oh. Not by that age, then you, that's you know that's like oxymoron. Right, right. If you wanted what we were, then right. you wanted to do what we were doing to get it. Period. Okay. You can't have it without doing what we're doing to get it. Period. Yeah, yeah. So that was what the problem was. We had people involved and in, in thinking the win was really the loss. So being disrespectful to women looks like a W. That's wrong. I got to make it look like an L. Without a doubt. Selling drugs looks like a W. I got to make sure that having a job looks like a W. I have to make. So I've had to fix all those things. Everything you're saying, number one. All my firstborns and, and all, like, they've had the problems that I've been promoting. So mm. I, I, I'm promoting drug dealing, so one of my kids is obviously going to be on drugs. Right. I'm promoting maybe people that are gangbanging, and then, of course, one of my nephews is going to be a gangbanger. I see. You understand? And so you I, don't want that to be followed. It's happened. Right. I'm yeah, yeah. telling you. That's oh, the yeah. karmic repercussion. It happens. Right. The shit you making money off that's bad, it ain't going to hurt you. It's going to hurt what you love the most, your children and your woman. 
Nigga, I, I lost the first woman I ever loved. Right. Yeah, to me, I always looked at it as karmic. You know why? Because I broke a lot of hearts. And I know what it is to have a broken heart. Now, I will never do that to a woman again. Right. Because I know what it is. And every woman that heart I broke got to see my heart broken. Right. It's karma. Right. It, it just is what it is. You can't avoid it. You know, the energy you put out is the energy you're going to get back. It's mathematical. All of the guys right now that are kind of indulging into the same thing, they're going to deal with this at some point as at well. At some point, but it's going to be something beyond their control. Like, when you get punished, it means you get something that you can't control. You can't prepare for life's punishment or, 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 or learning curve. You know what I'm saying? And, again, once you know something and you still do it, the punch comes harder. Right. Because you did it. You, now you're conscious. It wasn't a mistake. Whether you know it or not, you got to learn it. And life might teach it to you, but life is harsh. So it would make sense to listen to somebody as opposed to going through it. I mean, it's just logical. So I just try to bring logic in the game. The things that I know now, if I didn't know then, things would have been different. But everything was a learning experience. And I like exactly where I'm at, so I'm all right with it. It's okay. Right. I'm still ahead of the game no matter what. Right. I'm still putting out movies on my own, paying for them on my own. Still got liquors on my own, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have streaming services on my own. Everything's on my own. I could say I did these art galleries on my own. No partners. And I'm proud of that. That's priceless to me. It might not be priceless to somebody else, but I want that to start being priceless. If I'm influential, I'm going to get influential about, yo, taking care of your woman, taking care of your kids, being independent, being conscious, eating healthy. That's all I do. Right. It's all I do. I just do it a different way. I do it cool. I, I make being conscious cool. That's what I want. Right. You know, I don't want like being healthy to be granola. Right. You could be, you, could, you know, we vegans and stuff. It's just smart to be vegan. You know, you don't make your body work so hard. You want to live longer. You know, the number one cause of cancer and diabetes is, is disgusting meat. So why would you eat it? But they'll make you think it's all right because you're born into it. And you know, sometimes you got to shake mentality, man. You got to give a real perspective, the logical perspective. It's all about the logic. It's not about emotion. Right. It's about one plus one equals two, no matter how you feel about it. Right. Right. So it makes sense to treat your woman right. It makes sense for your kids to come before anything else, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes sense to do things on your own so you can pass it to your children so their life could be easier than yours. That makes sense, right? Yeah. So why don't people do it? It makes sense. Like, again, I've been a, a single dad since I was since my, my son Boogie was eight. You never got the Damon's a single dad. Like, well, how come they never portray that po positive image of a black man that's in hip hop or a black man, period? But the minute some a rumor happens, it gets promoted. Like, yeah. I've watched this happen. Now, so I know what the world's like. I'm like, yo, I could be doing everything I do good. They try to make it look bad. And if you say it enough times, people, people believe, believe it. People believe it, yeah. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Right. Two more questions I got to ask you. One's a little tough. You mentioned Aaliyah in the book. Um, I've lost a lot of people close to me, but they weren't famous. So that's something that I get to experience personally, right, when you – look back on something you're going through old pictures you see somebody to have had the type of relationship with somebody like that and then on their birthday or people sampling their records and you continuously reminded of it is that hard what is that like no no, no. i already knew what that was when it happened it's, it's actually lucky so like my mom died when i was 15 mm -hmm. i wish i could hear her voice yeah you know, I wish I could see pictures of videos of her and all this other stuff. You know, every single day, if, if you look at anything social media, there's always a picture of me and Aaliyah or something Aaliyah or everything. Like, people really were impacted by Aaliyah. Um, I get to hear her. So when, when something's going a certain way and I hear her voice, I know that that's an actual sign that either I should be alert or, or, or I should talk, you know, something. It's like validation. You know, there's times that, you know, Rocky and I are talking about something and, like, we'll get goosebumps and shit when Aaliyah comes up. I can feel her presence, you know. So it's, it, to me, it's a good thing. You know, once you get over it, like in the beginning, you know, when I walked in a club in New York, they knew don't play no Aaliyah. But I needed that time to mourn, to get oh, strong. Right, yeah. But what you got to learn to do, you know, everyone has death in their life. It's just a matter of when. You know, that's what's intimate. And imminent you're mm -hmm. gonna die you know yeah. it's gonna happen so it's not an experience that's extra extraordinary but you know i was able to have that experience with somebody that people actually loved as much as i did that i didn't know right. they really have genuine love for her and i get to hear her records i get to see her voice i think it's i i i think i'm lucky you know what right. i mean like i'm always look at the best perspective not the worst you know what i mean but you know the life that I've chosen and the only life as an adult that I know how to live is this one. And it's always been public. So I don't even know life that I've always had to not care. Like the minute you care about what the public thinks, mm -hmm. you're over. You can't be a celebrity and care what the public thinks. That's the worst thing. That's like, you know, depression. All right. Now, you're working back with Kanye West. I'm not going to ask you about specific people because I know not to. <laughs> you're working back with Kanye West. That makes people start to think that one day we're going to look up on the stage and see all of the Rockefeller guys back together again. That, you know, that at some point 
you know, there's going to be a time when you, Beans, everybody's back together. Keep going to be on crutches. And be like, <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances that we ever see a reunion of all the Rockefeller people back together in some capacity doing business in some kind of way, Dan? I mean, I think at this point as men, it's all about money. You know, I don't think it's about whether people like each other or what they think. If somebody wants to get paid to do it, I'm sure they'll do it. But, like, for me, I never, when I was young, I was like, I'm not going to be, like, the old dude on the stage. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit looks funny to me. You know what I mean? But I'm not an artist in, right. in that way. So, you know, for the right price, I, I don't think if, I don't think it'll ever happen for free. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think if everyone got paid a certain amount, everyone would show up. Business. In, ter in terms of the way things broke up, though, do you think that there's any value in the message of you guys coming back together for anything? I, I, see, the thing is, you know... And this is not to get into why it happened no, or no, what no, happened I, after it, that. It, you know it, what I'm saying? I, I'm trying to... I want you to understand my perspective. Yeah. So, like, for some people, like maybe for you, the most fun thing that I've ever done is Rockefeller, right? And And that's been a big deal. But the things I've done in between have been so much more fun to me. And the reason why is because mm. I didn't have to do it with a gun. I didn't have to be worried. You know, like running around the world in the art galleries and the clothing lines and doing fashion and writing books and doing the Diabetes Network. Like, I'm doing so much. I would have to stop all this evolution and then backpedal back and get back into this mentality. So it's not even something that really interests you that I don't, much. I, I, not, not in, in this very moment, I'm really loving being a dad. I'm loving being healthy. I'm loving being like a husband. You know what I'm saying? You know, to wifey for lifey. I, I'm real. Like back then, I was trying to architect my life. It just got to now. Like I'm making movies that don't have. Like I, I've just got a whole new brand. Like Poppington is nothing to do with Rockefeller. It Warren. took me years to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah, make yeah. people see I'm not that guy. That was not my point of view. So I finally got. Poppington and Dusko Whiskey and Dusko Blue and our Dame Dash Studios and Poppington Clothing and you know I got you know I'm I, instead of like I'm not walking in with a bunch of dudes I'm walking in with with good feminine energy and good people I'm working I'm clicking I'm doing what I want to do why would I stop because you got to remember at that time I was putting other people in position yeah I, I don't want to stop and go back to that old mentality and I think I I have I'm evolving right now. Maybe right. like when I'm done evolving, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. Right. So you might ask me, do you want to do a DD-172 reunion? You know, there's, there's like different generations want different things from me. So one generation wants Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. One generation wants DD-172. One generation wants culture vultures. Word. One generation wants health as wealth. Yeah. Now it's going to be a generation that's going with Dame Dash Studios and Honor Up and Honor all up. that. So I'm yes. continuing to make new history. Yeah. I don't like pushing old work so much, especially when it was, you know, I got to go back to what I was thinking back then. Like, right. you know how much arguing I was doing back then? I never argue now. I laugh never, all day. Never, Dame. I, got, I can't yell in front of Gov and Raquel. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, what yeah, I'll yeah. do is I regulate, yeah. not my people. I protect my people from other, like, if I'm doing so, I mean, I know what I got to do every now and again. Yeah. But, like, on a regular, like, in, 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 in a business where everyone's not so bright, it's a frustrating thing. You know, when people get paid to be a, a front person, not really that business. Like, you get paid to say you're a president, not be a president. It's hard for a real businessman to function, man, because they don't understand what you're talking about. Like, I can really only talk boss talk. Like, when we talk, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about nickels and shit. I'm always talking about, like, I want to buy a team or yeah, 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 I want to yeah. have a network, not a show. I, right. I want to have, you know, a portfolio of liquor, not one. I got, you know, I'm not coming with one movie. I'm coming with three. Like, you know, my boss, my I need to be around people that talk like that. And that's not what you're getting in that industry, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just frustrating. So yeah. I became a person that, a connoisseur of music that appreciates it. Even when I did shit like Black Rock, you know about that project? Of course. But nobody else keys. does. Yeah. I even put white people on. I did rock and roll. Right. Nobody was no, nobody knew or saw the Black Keys on TV. It's the first time I ever heard of them, to be exactly. honest. I, I did this because I had to get that off my bucket list. It was like, I don't want to be a big rock star. Just I want to, if I did hip hop, I want to go see if I could do rock and roll. And I did something beautiful. It was artistic. I did it independent. Didn't really try to monetize it to the extent that I could have. I didn't exploit it. I did what I could do on an independent level. We just had mad fun. So I'm loving all of these things. I'm having so much fun doing them. Like when it looked like I had the most, I had the least. Right. When it looked like I was the happiest, I was the most unhappiest. Right. And I suspect that's everybody because, you know, I know I'm like, I remember that look. Right. 
you know, like really being upset, but you gotta act happy. Right. I know that look. Right. You know, I, I I get it. I I I know walking on that red carpet three hundred times and being sick of fucking taking pictures, but you gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, yeah. <laughs> like you know, I know the pose. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just I so now seeing it, you know, me, I have hindsight. I see things people don't just from experience. I know what I don't want to look like. You know, I, to me, yeah. you know, I don't know what it looks like to everyone else. I'm, I'm worried about my eyes, my, my kids' eyes, and my, and my girls' eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm having a lot of time spending time working from the pool. Yeah, I like being, I like, like, what I, what I learned was, you know, I'm working on hard, and I go on vacation. I'm like, wow, I really love vacation. I love it better than work. So then, why wouldn't that be my life? You know, I'd rather fucking be on vacation for life and go to work for vacation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Switch it up. Yeah. Work for two weeks and chill out and or at least make your environment an architect where you can, you know, relax, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor. It, your family enjoyed it. Like if, if your life is better on the road than it is at home, you got to fix things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm not one of those guys that want to be on the road two or three hundred days out there. I hate being on a tour bus. You got to love that shit. Mm. I don't want to do none of that. Like I, it's just it's just it's like breaking your back, man. Mm. You know? Last question is a question we ask everybody. But no disrespect to anybody. It's just not for me. It's not for you. Yeah, I get it. You know I, get I, mean? it I get it. We I ask, like making these movies. We ask, we ask everyone this question before they leave the red pill. Because um, we've dealt with a lot of people. We've had Tay Diggs. We've had Charlemagne the God. Uh, God that you know. And you're our third guest. Um, if Dame Dash, say, 1995, 96, when Reasonable Doubt was first blowing up or whatever, could see Dame Dash today, what would he think? High five People like you wrote this script and you shot it. Everything you said and everything you thought that shit happened. It'd be a lot of I told you so. Mm. A whole lot. From '95, come on. Yeah. You know, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of doubt for everything I do. I can win one thing and still doubt for the next, and I still do it and it still works out. It'd be a lot of I told you so. It'd be and it'd be like it'd be, for me to look at Dame Dash, I'd be I'd be hyped. I'd be, yeah. I, Cause I'd be like, damn, you still got a bad girl. She's fine. <laughs> You got the bag. <laughs> you still got one. You, oh, you came up. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right, right. Cause you know when you are 23 and 24, you don't. You're like 47. You think you're gonna be cooked? You think it's over? It's, oh, it's not yeah, over. Yeah, bro. you think it's over? Yeah, I'm still looking good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm still there. I'm, I'm, I'm five five in the old me right now. I got you. Making those choices. Right. The choices I made that that looked like poor choices were really the choices that I'm really happy I did make. Mm. Like I chose not to go a certain direction and go with my heart. Right. And what made me happy, regardless to how it was looked at, and I wanted to almost had to Machiavelli myself so I could focus. Word. You know, that's another thing. Is like, yo, I started to do shit, and it was big, but I, certain people just didn't know it because I didn't want them to know it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want them to. Be, I didn't want to be in the same room as certain people. Yeah. I just didn't. If, if, if certain people like, if they're in the room, I think I'm in the corny place. Right. I'm in whack world. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, my thing is to get get the fuck away from whack world. The cooler you are, the, the more you want to get, and, and 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 the more confident you are, the more you want to chill out. Mm-hmm. I ain't got to go outside. Tell everybody where they can get this content, bro. Honor up. Honor up is in the, Honor up is in the theaters, and you could also get it the same day um, on your local cable cable carrier on demand. It's on iTunes, Amazon, all of that. Um, Culture vultures everywhere that you would buy digital. It's all digital right now. You can order the physical, mm-hmm. but like iTunes, Amazon, Kindle, all that. Big shout out to uh, um, Kenyatta, and then also. Um, you know, we just yielded our first crop for the G5 cultivation in Vegas. Oh, tell me about that a little bit. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, uh, you know, Larry. You have to sample some. You should. You should. But it's all going. It's flying. It's crazy. The governor wants us to make more. It's, mm. it's, it's really crazy, you know, and it's, and it's, it's beautiful. Well, and tell it's people fun. what you're doing with that because I don't think a lot of people know. Well, the G5 cultivation, you know, it's, it's recreational in um, Vegas. And Larry brought me in to come and market it and, and be a part of it. And, and, and because of that, um, and, and do other things, ancillary things with it. And, you know, we, we are, are growing all kinds of beautiful weed or <laughs> cannabis. And, right. you know, the good thing about it is in Vegas, they don't really want you to be able to sell weed. Like it, the drug dealers, are like, they're like bankers, you know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. the legislators that pass the laws. And it's so heavily scrutinized, you know, like we had to build the building from scratch because it has to be so clean. It can't be no microbials. It, it has to be cleaner than food. You know what I'm saying? So when you we finally when you could like you could grow and grow and grow and and, and when you bring it because they gotta inspect it if it doesn't pass the test it's washed. So we have the cleanest cannabis as well, mm. and there's a demand for it. You know, and this is our first crop. You know, since it's been recreational, and you know it, 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 it's just for a guy like me it's it's. <laughs> 
it's unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? You're loving it's, it. It's more, I, I, right. I, I'm dreaming. You You're know loving what I'm it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be alive right now is a beautiful time. I feel But it. if you even look at the movie three years ago, I was like, in a couple of years, weed's going to be legal. Like, I was saying all of it yeah. in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. So it's like everything I visualized, even the Diabetes Network, you know, mm-hmm. being able to, 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 to make a network about something that's supposed to be a weakness. And I'm trying to make it and perceive it as a strength and show people. You know, my personal, like, the thing is, I'm going to show you my weakness and I'm going to show you my strength. But anyway, you can get Dame Dash Studios. You can see all the content. Gotcha. You know, and that's our streaming service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you want the clothes, you can go to poppington.com. And you can get the clothes. And if you want the movie, uh, on a look out for the list. That oh, starts, my God. Y'all, yeah, let me tell y'all something right now, man. <laughs> let me tell you something right now. Movie coming out with Brian J. White. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Columbus Short mm-hmm. and Claudia Jordan called The List. Me and my <laughs> people were fucking going crazy. <laughs> and I expect that one. That movie is so entertaining. I made you, calls. Bro. Man, listen, I, I really think that that, I love that movie, man. Now that, that that's a fucking it's, hysterical. It's just it's, it's out out of the box. You gotta be ready for it. Out of the box, but I can't wait for y'all to see that, man. Different. And can I, I just wanted because you you were telling me you box, and you know I, I'm a boxer. I love boxing. Sure. Tell me about this. I'm boxing. I got a. a you said you're going pro. I'm going pro June 9th. I got a, a pro fight no. down in Memphis. This obviously isn't for money, right? I mean, somebody's getting paid. But probably. my point is, you're not doing it to. This is gonna be your first choice, or just a salary? Oh no, 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 no! Now I'm not doing it to. to I'm, you know, I make a pretty good salary. I'm doing okay. So, so no, you're doing it for fun? I'm doing it to prove something to myself. I'm doing it for me. So the win is within. Yes, all me. And that's what we get to take from this. The win is always within. You got to make yourself happy, even if it means getting punched in the face. Because to practice boxing, the practice means you get hit every day. Every day, somebody punches me in my face every day, and it's fighters that are more experienced than me. Okay, so um, you're going to go pro without an amateur fight? I'm, I'm getting my amateur experience in the gym. Listen to me. We go in a different gym, and me. I'm sparring against different there's guys. Head, there's headgear. There's headgear. In but an amateur as well. Yeah. It's a little different, bro. I promise. Like, I promise. Like, I, 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 I boxed my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could ask any boxer. Okay. Now, you're, you're fairly new, right? Yeah. I know when you get into the ring, no matter if you think you're going to win or lose, the butterflies are crazy. Yeah. I mean, especially it's if crazy. you're in a gym where you don't know anybody and it's a bunch of people watching. Now, imagine if you're fighting someone that is going to try to take your fucking head off in but front see, of your girl. But see, dang, when I'm not going to stop. <laughs> when I what go you, to these you, other gyms, you think that, really trying to I've knock me this, out. What you're doing, I've done before. Right. So I know this. Okay. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I go in the gym and I fight. It's nothing. I'm telling you. Right. That the butter, because I know the butterflies, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I had to learn how to get past it. I don't have them no more at right. all. But I used to have them heavy, like no matter who it was, because there's always a chance you go, you might end up on your back. Right. When you the butterflies to get into a ring with someone that's going to try to murder you in front of everybody, <laughs> and it's not no stop. Hey, don't hit them so hard. Like yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, no. Yeah, oh, right, right, right. It's boom. It, Somebody it, trying to love body. You get tired. You can't. Yeah. And it's rules. Like you see, the thing is, when you fighting with a ref in a ring, is different than sparring. Cause it's not a ref in the ring when you spar. It's your fucking coach. It's, yeah. So things. So you. You think you got. You got to. It's like it's Jake. Let him work the left a little bit. Like. <laughs> trust me. Right. Get, get a couple of amateur fights. Just, it's, just even if it's a blue collar joint, like right. go to wild card. Yeah. And just go in there and just see how it is when it's not a controlled environment. Right. But well, you're you gonna come to the fight either way, though, right? Yeah, I'm almost tempted to move around with you, but I'm oh, I just want to know how good you are. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, yeah, listen, bro. I got, I got <laughs> my, my shoulder I'm hurts. I'm almost tempted, but I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. Cause like you, you know, if you knock me out or something, it'd be like that's what you get, Dame. <laughs> Nigga, man, just knocked your ass out in front of everybody. I could just see it happening. Bro. You know, you know how much they would laugh. Who? Everybody. Me. I would laugh. My kids would laugh. They'd be. If you caught one, you feel like your kids would laugh. What? They're waiting for me to slip. Cause I'm, you know, when you win a lot and you like talk shit, like I'm not. You got winner. one loss. That's real shit. They we like. Listen, if I trip on something, they fall out. <laughs> if I bite my tongue, any slip of cool. Right. Cause they're not used to that. So right. me out of pocket. Yeah, they would enjoy it. But right. you know, they know I get up and they know what you know. It would be. I would keep going. You know. Right. What I'm saying? Right. 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 I don't know. They've seen me do everything, my kid. White people, clap for Dame Dash again, because that's just that's incredible stuff right there. All right, we out.